Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello and welcome back to episode 286 of Sexology podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. And as always, I am so excited that you are joining us today. In this episode, we're going to talk about swinging. Our guest is Gigi Engel, and we're going to talk about everything you need to know if you're curious about swinging, if you want to find swinging parties, what are some of the etiquettes that you need to keep in mind, how you have to conduct yourself, how things often unfold in swinging parties. And I'm going to share with you something that I haven't shared with many people in the past. I think I alluded to it to my husband once, but this is the first time I'm talking about it. So when growing up, I had almost zero supervision. <laughs> my mom, she was she was an author and she was a publisher of her own magazines and she she was barely home. And like all summer, we had access to everything what we wanted. But back then, it wasn't, it was before internet. So you had limited access to things. Anyhow, the first memory I have about anything sexually related is, I think it was maybe six or seven. And my sister and I were watching this movie at my uncle's house, which are very progressive. He's a, he was and he's a gynecologist. And his, with his wife, they had one of the most successful women's clinic in Iran. And they had this video about, the movie was around about swinging. And it was a reporter that was going to a swinging party because she wanted to write about it. And I don't remember the plot of it. And trust me, before this episode, I Googled for it half an hour to find the title. So if you know what I'm talking about, uh, send me the link. I think that the movie was maybe from 60s or 70s because it was dubbed in Farsi. And I remember the swinging part in the movie scene very clearly. Everyone was so happy and they were doing body painting. So I, whenever I think about swinging, I get all sorts of fun emotions toward it. So today we're going to talk about something that I'm very excited about. Our guest, as I mentioned, is Gigi Engel. Gigi is an award-winning feminist author, certified sex educator, and psychotherapist in training. As a sex expert with ethical non-monogamy app 3Fun, she promotes and teaches pleasure-based sex education, diverse relationship dynamics, and safer sex practice. Gigi's work regularly appears in many publications, including Cosmo, Mary Claire, Elle magazine, Teen Vogue, Glamour, and her article has been shared over 150 million times. So if you have read something about sexuality, sex, sexual health online, it's a great chance that Gigi wrote it. She's originally from Chicago and currently lives in London, UK. You can find her full bio in the show notes. Before we go to the interview, I wanted to take a moment and thank our sponsor, Cozy Earth. Cozy Earth is a premium bamboo bedding and loungewear company. As I mentioned before, I love their sheets and I purchased their pajama because I was curious about their other products. I love the sheets so much that I was curious about other things. I'll tell you all about my experience with their product at the end of the, this episode. One of the great things about 
their products is that it has 10 year warranty. If you are interested to try their product, make sure you're using our promo code sexology to get 40% off. The link is in the show notes and I would be super grateful if you support this show by using our promo code. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited and honored to welcome back Gigi Engel. Gigi, welcome to our show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am super excited about having you in in our show. I know we had you in the past and it's always a treat. Gigi has been this trailblazer in the field of sexual health. She writes a lot about how we can improve our sex life on all different sorts of platforms, magazines. And this is wonderful to have her here. So today we're going to talk about swinging. So Gigi, tell us what is swinging? Swinging actually is one of my favorite topics to talk about because I think it's exceptionally fascinating. So swinging is uh, kind of like basically known as like partners who are in a committed relationship with each other who enjoy sexual explorations outside of that partnership, but together as a unit. And this can take on all kinds of different formats, but that's sort of the baseline of what it is. It's like partners who want, who are committed to each other, but would like to explore sexuality outside of their partnership. And it could come in all sorts of different, uh, different dynamic, different ways. And it's very interesting how people arrive to that place. How usually people discover their swingers? I actually think that swinging is often born and it's also made. So people might be born being like quite sexually adventurous, wanting a primary partnership where they and their partner have, uh, you know, sexual adventures together that are, you know, not within that primary partnership. And then there are people who may have experienced things without their throughout their life or discovered this throughout their sexuality. Those are the made people. And like, maybe that's something they decided that they wanted to do. There's really no one size fits all with swinging. There's no one size fits all with open relationships in general. And there's no wrong way to do it as long as everyone's on board. And it's interesting how it's been portrayed in media. Whenever I'm seeing something in, in the popular media and they talk about swinging, it's, there's always something going wrong. I was yes. thinking about like a U series and how it turned out to this murder scene. So it's, it's unfortunate mm-hmm. how these open relationships often get portrayed. Well, I think you is an excellent example. Despite, I mean, if you take away all of the literal murderous tendencies, and you actually look at that, that experience in itself, it's like those people were not ready to be engaging in a, an open relationship or an, or a swinging relationship in any kind of way. Like it was like their first experience with it. Like, let's take away all of like the murder stuff. We're talking about two people, the, uh, the couple who was very experienced with swinging and then the couple love and, and what's his name, whatever. And her boyfriend who was like, you know, they had never done that before. Like that wasn't a a good dynamic. You can't really just like jump in with a huge bag of dildos and expect someone to just be on board with that. That's not a good recipe. And I don't really love the way that swinging is portrayed in the media in general. Cause like with that example aside, a swinging is often portrayed as this like very misogynistic thing where it's extremely heterosexual, which I do not agree with. 
And like the most classic example is a key party where like husbands, of course, because it's husbands and wives, will put their keys into a bowl and then the wives have sex with whomever the husbands pull the keys out of. That really is uh, disrespectful towards women. It doesn't really engage their sexuality and their sexual interests. And yeah, so the media does not do swinging justice. Absolutely. And when you brought up the key situation, that's how I hear older generation think about swinging. And I, my audience know, and you know that I'm coming from a Middle Eastern background and a Middle Eastern background, the form of open relationship that's historically been portrayed is polygamy. And when people think about open relationship, they think about that dynamic of kind of like leading by male partner's desire and what a tough Mm. situation to be versus a swinging situation. Actually, I know many of my clients that the female partner, if there's a heterosexual relationship, at times they are the driver and they are participating in these experiences from this place of excitement. Yes. And with swinging, you know, there, there are still terms that are very much still solidified within the community, such as wife swapping, hot wifing, and these sorts of, uh, these sorts of terms that first of all, integrate and very much like solidify a, a heteronormative dynamic and also give this impression of like men swapping their wives with other men for their enjoyment. I think it's really important to highlight the fact that like swingers now in modern day 2022, like they may still use the same terminology, honestly, because it's probably because it's sexy, but it's very much prioritized that like female partners are having their needs met, that they are enjoying this exploration together. With that being said, swinging is very heterosexual to this day, but I think it's really moving in quite a positive direction. When I hear about swinging, the image that I get is a middle class to higher, higher class population, the, the most dominantly Caucasian heterosexual dynamic. And I wonder that, is that the what we get like here about the stereotypical or that's the representation? I'm curious, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, I do think it's quite stereotypical. But if you look at the actual numbers and percentages of people who engage in swinging, like specifically if they refer to themselves as swingers, because that is kind of like an old termy time term that people are using. But like if you look at the actual dynamics, it is very white. It is very affluent and really Republican. Hmm. But if you actually look at like the wide dynamic of like people who engage in swinging behaviors, it's becoming much more like less suburban key party, like under the rug stuff and much more out in the open and people just engaging in the kind of sexuality that they would like to in an open way. And I think that's quite beautiful. It's becoming more accessible. (laughs) Right. And you know, it's interesting. I have a Farsi show that I started to educate people about sexual health. And it seems like swinging inside Iran is very popular. (laughs) The questions I get around swinging, cockholding, all of these things are very interesting. When people think about more of a conservative communities, they might think Mm -hmm. about more of a kind of a very vanilla sexual experiences. But so far, the questions I get is very kinky and spicy and interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, with swinging specifically, and I'm not actually shocked at all that like your community would be interested in that. 
is the, the, uh, the like, don't ask, don't tell policy that mm-hmm. has originally been around swinging. It hasn't been this like open thing that like, you know, it's like, if you look at polyamory, if you look at open relationships, it's not really the same thing because swinging has always been like, oh, we're like secretly swapping. So I'm not shocked at all by that news. <laughs> well, it's interesting. It's definitely very congruent with how sexuality is, especially inside Iran, kind of like very secretive. But also when we know that when we're repressing things, I, I, at least it's been my experience that people get interested in all sorts of things. And I'm, mm-hmm. I personally am excited that there are people are exploring all these different types of sexual experiences. Sometimes I hear that people want to do swinging to save their relationship. So I'm kind of curious about your thought, thoughts on that. Well, I would absolutely not recommend any kind of open sexual relationship if that's going to be something that you think is going to save your relationship. Opening up your relationship should really only be done if both people are 100% gung-ho and that you guys are both in a really solid place where opening your relationship is a part of exploring sexuality together or separately, whatever it is that like you guys are doing together, but doing stuff that is open or doing swinging on, because you're on like rocky ground that will absolutely lead to a breakup. There's like, and maybe, and like, maybe that's a huge generalization, but I would say like 95% of the time that's going to lead to a breakup because it is not a band-aid to fix broken relationships. It is an enhancement for solid relationships. I'm 100% agree with you because sometimes people from the place of desperation, they want to do things to quote unquote spice up the relationship or rekindle Mm -hmm. the passion. And if you are going to these kind of like experiences, not having a strong connection, not have been working through some of the issues, definitely it's going to get amplified. If you struggle with jealousy, Mm -hmm then you are at a party that can ruin the time for everyone. Or if you have insecurities and it's not been managed, that can really impact you and your partner and the relationship that you have. Mm -hmm. It's not like we're saying that you should never feel jealousy because that's not realistic, but at least you have to be at a good connecting place with your partner. Yes. Going to a swingers, let's say a swingers party that you go to, you guys like as swingers, because this is part of the connection. It's like, you guys have the solid connection and you guys are there, of course, to like sexually explore either like together or like separately, whatever it is throughout the party. It's like, there's no one size fits all, but you guys are the solid base. And that's what makes swinging relationships actually work. I think that people have this very misguided understanding or like notion that if you're swinging or you're in an open relationship, like whatever the dynamic is that you guys like aren't satisfied together. And that's completely incorrect. People who have like really good threesomes, really good swinging relationships are good at polyamory. Like those are the most solid couples that exist. Yes, jealousy. Yes, possessiveness. These are all human emotions. They will be dealt with, but a really solid couple who is ready to do swinging or a really solid couple who is ready to do any kind of open sexual relationship. That's a couple who knows how to communicate and a couple who is a solid base together. And that's the most important thing. 
And I think that that's just like a really important thing for people to understand. Absolutely. Communication is is huge because you're going to have these shared experiences together and emotions come up. And it's important for you to have the ability to talk about these things. And how exciting that I know part of it also is experiencing your partner experiencing pleasure. So it's not like you're just sitting there tolerating it. You're enjoying it. And that's part of the kind of excitement of the experience. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that sets swinging apart from, let's say, like polyamory, where like maybe you're having sex with another person, but there's also room for like, you know, you going off with one person and they going off with another person. And that's always beautiful, too. But with swinging specifically, it is like both partners are together as a base and they are experiencing sexuality with like other people. Maybe it's like they swap partners with a couple, but that's not necessarily, that's kind of the classic sense, but that's necessarily true. They might be at a group sex party and like you're watching your partner, like, you know, get a, let's say like your male partner is says like getting a blow job from another woman. And you're like, oh, that is so great for them. I love to see them experiencing that. And that's what we call compersion, which is like where you feel joy from watching your partner enjoy another person. And that's, I think there's just like, there's so many complicated dynamics that just aren't, they just aren't given really like the screen time because it's way easier to be like, oh, like we broke up our relationship because they wanted to have a threesome. And it's like, if you guys actually knew how to have open sexual relationships, this wouldn't be an issue and would actually see that it's more, and I want to say more evolved because like a monogamy is totally legit, but I would say like, it's not, it's not the way that you're seeing it. And when, when people like herald monogamy as being this like top tier way of being sexual, I'm like, look, monogamy works for most people and that's great. But being judgmental about the way that other people enjoy sexuality does not reflect well on you. Because the important thing is that everybody is communicating, enjoying, and having sex in the way that they should. Because sex is play. Sex is joy. And it should be, it should be like that. It should be experienced like that. So many great points. And it's interesting that I feel like we are experiencing a repeat of same messaging. Like, like growing up, most people get this kind of sex negative messaging and then sex needs to be a certain way. And if it's not this way, then you're doing it wrong and you're perverted. And I feel like in adulthood, that's also part of it, right? That like, if you're not kind of like bought into the monogamous dynamic of the sexual experience, they're very vanilla, maybe you're doing it wrong. Oh, absolutely. It's this very heteronormative, very like strict script that it's like, First of all, it's like cis man, cis woman, and then they have to like be together. And the only kind of legitimate sex is PIV sex, but they should only be together and never want anything else. But like, it's like Foucault said, like humans are sexy and it just doesn't make any sense that you wouldn't have sexual desire for other people. And I'm not saying that monogamy can't work for people. I think it works for most people. But I think that one of the reasons there's so many of us who are just so ingrained in this heterosexual script is because that was something that we were fed. That was something that was given to us. And like, you can even look at like the incredibly depressing orgasm gap. And that plays into the same thing. It's like, we don't understand what the clitoris is. We never hear the word pleasure in sex ed. These are all like huge portions of this. So it's not exactly uh, crazy that people are like, oh, open sexual relationships, ooh, perverts. And honestly, proud pervert, but like- (laughs) 
that's why it is the way it is. And it's like, we have to subvert that narrative. I love that. And I agree with you a hundred percent. And I think of it as a monogamy, people have unrealistic expectations. It feels like you never win. So if you're monogamous, you, like in a relationship for years, God forbid, if you have sexual fantasies and fantasies needs to be a certain way and desire is like, you should not ever desire anyone else, which is ridiculous. And I'm glad that we're talking about different options, different types of relationship can be healthy and kind of connecting for partners, kind of going back to swinging. So if people are curious about it, I know there's galaxy of options that you can explore, but like if they want to get go to parties, kind of events, what are some of the places that they can look into? Okay. So I'm a therapist. I'm not a person who's like trying to set people up with swinging, but I do know a lot of like really interesting things that are kind of happening on the horizon. So crazily, like you can't, I would say crazily, but kind of crazily given our heteronormative society. But if you honestly look up, like where can swingers go on Google? There's so many top-notch options. Mm. So the places that I know specifically are hedonism, which is in Jamaica, which is more of like a sexually free open environment, but they do have swinger only events. And then there is Desire, which is in Mexico, which is fabulous. They have two different locations. I actually went, I wrote it up for it for Marie Claire. Anyone wants to look that up? It was real fun. I went with my sister of all the crazy things. And that was um, a business expense? Oh yeah. During swingers <laughs> week of all the crazy time. The opening, the opening of that article is my sister looking over and going, oh, that's a gangbang. <laughs> like, like we're, we're sitting on this balcony and she can see people having a gangbang. And she was like, rock and roll. Cool. She's very cool. You would really <laughs> like her. So there's like, there's resorts that genuinely cater to this kind of lifestyle as they should. And then there are really cool, uh, like cruises and all this kind of stuff where it's like, there's no longer relegated to this like secretive tea party, like, oh, like, shh, shh, kind of thing, which of course, like, can be hot. And that can be a part of it, especially like, you know, for like Iranians or like anybody who's like, you know, that can be a part of it, of course. But like, if you're really interested in swinging in the Western world, like there are options for you where you can go and hang out with like like-minded individuals who like want to get down and dirty or they don't. And like everybody respects boundaries. Everybody understands like what's going on, like with that environment. And it's just like pretty awesome. I'm so glad that we're in a place now in this world that is so sex negative, that is like so ridiculously obsessed with sex and also hates it. But at the same time that these options are available. Great. Great places that you recommend. I hear a lot about clients like kind of loving it and loving those places. And I wish I was at a, I was a writer that I would get. <laughs> oh, it was really cool. Places. I'm not going to lie. They put me up in like the five star, like penthouse suite. Oh, like they, they treated me real good. <laughs> Amazing, yeah. but you you write amazing pieces, so I, I, I'm sure it was uh, well deserved. But also, I think it's it's good that you talked about the kind of like these places that people can search and kind of see what's what's the right fit for them, because it can be overwhelming if you haven't been part of the community to navigate these things. So it's helpful to find a kind of community that resonates with you. I remember back in the days I had clients that they were saying that in some of these private parties, sometimes first timers come that they don't know about the etiquette. At least maybe that was a couple that I work with. And they were saying that in the parties they were attending, that it was customary for the female to initiate, which was interesting. 
Yeah, it's actually a really interesting point. And you are correct. Because the swingers specifically are, it's quite a heteronormative culture. It's, it's very common for it to be like a cis man, cis woman. And there's a, occasionally the men will be biflexible, but that's pretty unusual. But the women, there is kind of an expectation of like bisexual, like bisexuality, which is sort of like an interesting concept in itself, as far as like, as far as like ethics go, which we can get into if you'd like to, but like, that's a whole other thing. But I do think it's quite common for women to, to engage like a person or a couple. And that's because women are less threatening than men. I can't say that that's across the board. Women are going to like pop in and be the ones who like initiate stuff because like, you know, you're all in the hot tub, especially if you're like a swingers resort, like y'all all know why you're there. So like, you know, you're chatting with someone. So I think that that probably matters a little bit less. But as far as it comes to like, let's say like you and your partner, you're a cis woman, you're with a cis man and like you see a hot couple you want to see. Yeah, it's more likely that like the cis female partner is going to go over and have like a you know introductory chat because it's like it would be it would be irresponsible to pretend that like men are not less threatening than women. And I think that that's that's the uh, the goal there. So everyone um, can be comfortable. Right, right. And on that note, I had a client that she was one of these resorts and she she was so frustrated because a male came and grabbed her breast. And... Oh, that's sexual assault. <laughs> right. And so. she was furious. I was like, oh my God, like they had a conversation about it. But what is the etiquette? I think this is beyond etiquette, but like, what are some of the things that people want to keep in mind, even if you are the sex party, right? Well, I mean, what you described as sexual assault, like grabbing somebody without their consent is sexual assault and illegal. For people who are joining, let's say like people who are joining a sex resort and it's like maybe their first time doing this kind of thing. There are like a couple things to keep in mind. First of all, you want to safeguard with your, with your partner to be sure. Cause like, yes, there, and like safeguard for boundaries. Cause like, yes, there are things you haven't experienced before. Obviously, if this is your first time, things might come up that you're not expecting, but to have like, you know, maybe like a safe word that means one of you is feeling uncomfortable and then you like stop the interaction or understanding like what's acceptable as far as sex acts. Like maybe like kissing on the mouth isn't something that you guys are like here for. That's something to like safeguard for. But like when you come to like up to approach a couple, I actually like don't totally agree with like women going over and kind of just trying to like corral a couple. I mean, it's not really for me to say because everybody's going to do their own thing. But I kind of think like at a sex resort where it's kind of like, this is what I'm assuming, but is the context. But like if it's a sex resort where it's like, let's say it's like swingers week. It's like you all just are coming to chat. And that's the main thing. It's like, you are not to touch another person. You are not to like, that's basically it. Do not touch somebody unless they are like, fuck yeah, touch my boob. Mm -hmm. Or they put your hand on their boob or like you're having sex. And like, it's like a, and that's already been established. Like, no, you do not grab someone. You don't know that sexual assault. And like, you have to be respectful of other people's boundaries. It's like, just because you're a swinger, just because people want to like have sexual experiences that are outside of their partnership, that does not give you any right to touch their body without their explicit and enthusiastic consent. 
very well put. And again, the, the fact that people are into a sexual behavior, some sort of type of relationship doesn't mean that they are giving you specifically <laughs> the green mm-hmm. pass to do behaviors. And I think that goes with the, with the partner that you have. So, and it, sometimes people attend these events for chemistry check to see if they have chemistry or not. They're talking to you. And then maybe if, as you said, if things are going well, then they, they can escalate things. And that's, that's completely can be exciting and wonderful. I also hear from my clients that sometimes these places are more welcoming of single women versus single men. Is that, is that something you heard? Oh, yes, that's absolutely accurate. So within these, and it makes sense when you think about it. Like if you put it in those terms, that doesn't sound great. But like within these uh, parameters, it is like single women are accepted and then a man or cis man can come as long as he's with a cis woman as a partner. And this is due to safeguarding because even though we want to be really, you want to be really accepting of everybody, of course, but the, the, honestly, just the facts of it are that men are much more likely to commit sexual offenses and it is not safe to be in like a really naked sex positive space if you feel like you might be harmed. And so it's safeguarding for the other people. Is it ideal? Obviously not. But it wouldn't have to be that way if men weren't violent towards women. And that that is the that there are that is the rule for every sex club, every sex resort. Honestly, like as a professional and as a therapist, as it should be. Because like if you think about the types of like men who would just like come in and like possibly harm someone. And there's already so many ethical implications and so much safeguarding that's done around people who are within the community that, I mean, it really wouldn't have to be a problem if men just stopped hurting women, but it is what it is. And so the safeguards must be there. So it's one of those boundaries that put into place to make sure that like the yeah, create uh, event creator to make sure that people are feeling safe and mm-hmm. they can, we can flourish and be kind of exploring things when you're feeling safe. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's these, it's these uh, instances, like, especially mm-hmm. like, you know, one of these resorts or a party or something like mm-hmm. that. It's like women have very few opportunities to just be like fully sexually free and to just feel like so safe. We don't live in a society that likes that. We don't live in a place that like explores that. And this is like a place where like women, like the male partners as well, but like women, especially where they actually get to just like explore pleasure and explore their sexuality. We don't need to add an added layer of them having to feel like they're unsafe when they have to do that every single day of their entire lives. Great, great point. So anything else that you want our listeners to know, like maybe people that are newer to to the scene, they're curious about it, any recommendation that you have, we would love to hear. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you and your partner are interested in swinging, I think it's really important to start with fantasy and with maybe like some like threesome porn, that kind of thing, sort of exploring what it is that your boundaries are together. Also to engage in swinging in a really healthy, dynamic, fun, really fun way. Both people need to be 100% on board. And I know we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast, but like that is absolutely crucial. It cannot be one person who's like, apprehensive. And then it's like maybe coming to a swingers party or it's like one person is like, Oh, I'm doing this to like save my relationship or I'm doing this. So my partner doesn't leave me. 
that will end in a breakup or at the very least a very dramatic rupture in the relationship. So like swinging, and this is like, this is the fundamental point is so, so fun. And it is such an amazing way to develop not only your sexual exploration outside of your relationship, but your connection with your partner. It's like such a beautiful way to explore sexuality together. It just needs to be done right. Great, great points. And I love that you you kind of invited our listeners to take it kind of step by step. Perhaps you can listen and watch the things together that are kind of like portray some kind of a, a swinging behavior, threesome, some kind of an open, maybe group setting. And then maybe you can go out and flirt in a bar, in a club with other couples and see how does that feel. And then kind of like maybe then you can, if you, when you're ready, you talked about these things, you can kind of look into uh, how would that look like for you guys. I know you collaborate with other different places or companies. I know you collaborate with a sex toy company. So tell us more about that. Oh, so I work with Free Fun, which is the primary place where people should be connecting to do any kind of group sex stuff. Three fun is like a really secure app that like handles all of your data so sensitively. And I think as far as swinging goes, it's such a good place because couples can make profiles together that are quite succinct. And then you can find other couples who are interested in the same thing. And like, when you look back at like the way that swinging was like back in the day, where it was like just suburban moms, like putting keys into a bowl. It's like, this is such a cool and dynamic way to actually engage with people who you actually might be sexually intrigued by. And everybody inside of that dynamic, not just men, but like their female partners as well, get to enjoy their sexual fluidity in a way that is beneficial for them. And I think that that's just, God, 2022, I am loving it. Amazing. So I, I'm actually more curious about that as well. So is that you're setting up a profile with your partner and then you're going through the profiles together? Is it kind of representative of all gender? Tell us more about that. Oh, yes, it's absolutely representative of all genders. But like you can set up a, a profile, which I often recommend people. It's like there tends to be sometimes on these apps where like one partner will do all of the communication or they they don't really like tell the other They don't tell people that there's like another person who's involved. That's often like women doing that with men. But I think what's really important with uh, couples who are interested in swinging is that it's like a couple's profile. That is like there's pictures of you two together, that both of you are involved in the messaging and that you were looking for other couples who are doing the same thing. And 3Fun really offers that. It may be called 3Fun as far as three sums, but it could easily be a foursome if you have the the right spice involved. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And it sounds like it's it's discreet because as you mentioned, mm-hmm. I can imagine with the different communities, mm-hmm. even this time and age, being discreet is huge because I know that there is just so much stigma still connected to these labels. Well, absolutely. I mean, we have like other apps that do, you know, similar things. But the thing that I really love about Free Fun and one of the reasons I work with them and put my name out there with them is the fact that it's like very encrypted. It's very safe. You can actually like be a part of this, enjoy your sexuality without this like worry of having like repercussions at work or, or whatever it is, because like that is scary. And that is an actual big problem. So we don't live in a world that's like comfortable with, with, with wife swapping or, or threesomes or open sexuality or swinging. We just don't live in that world yet. I hope we will one day, but this is a place where like people can actually go 
enjoy their sexuality, feel safe. And it's amazing. Great, great. And I I want people to know about your own personal content. I feel like whatever topic I put in in the kind of Google about sexual health, your name is connected to the article. (laughs) So if people are interested to learn more about you and your content, I know you have your book. So where can they find those? You can find me on MissGigiAngle.com and on Instagram and Twitter at GigiAngle. And of course, please check out Refund because it's the best place to open your relationship dead serious. Amazing. So the link will be in the show notes if people are curious about checking out the app and also definitely follow Gigi. I, I follow her in all of those social media and she has so much informative and fun content. So uh, you're going to love it. I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation. I love Gigi's description of the swinging resort that she went. And I wish I was an author that I could get compensated for taking this kind of business trip. But Gigi is awesome. Make sure you are checking out her content. She has a book, as she mentioned. That would be really fun for you to read it. At the end, I wanted to thank our sponsor again, Cozy Earth. As I mentioned, I love their sheet. They're temperature regulated and they're softest sheet that you ever own in your life. One of the other product that they have that I really like is their PJs. I live inside one of those black PJs that they have. What I like about it is no matter how many times I have been washing it, I think I have it for seven, eight months now, the color doesn't change at all and the material is very soft and comfortable. If you are interested to try them, make sure you're using our promo code SEXOLOGY to get 40% off. Thank you so much for joining us in this episode. You can find the video of these conversations in our YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is Dr. Moali. I would appreciate it if you comment there, share those videos, and I'll see you next week right here. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.